Praise God. If you have your Bibles for just a few moments, go with me to the book of Mark chapter chapter 5. Pick up at verse number 25, very familiar story. One that I felt such a definite touch of the Holy Ghost yesterday in prayer that this was where God wanted us to camp today. And the scripture says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, now it's up for interpretation as to exactly what that phrase means, but it indicates to me that she had known nothing of him until this moment. But in that moment of time, she realized that she had an opportunity and she wasn't going to let it pass her by. She came in the press behind, the press, the crowd, the throng, and she touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched me? Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. And behold of thy plague. Woo. The word whole is used twice in that last verse, but that last one doesn't mean what the first one does. We'll talk about that in a few moments. I would pray today that you would indulge a pastor to talk to you out of the burden of his heart. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Everyone has a story. Everyone, everyone has a story. Stories are what define us, our life experiences, 
that we have faced and we have gone through have a way of shaping us. The trials and the turning points that have tested us become part of our story. And we want somebody to know us. Everybody wants somebody to know something of who they are. Our story is that accounting of our lives and those events that have impacted us. And it's the accounting of this past that has brought us to this present moment that become part and parcel of our story. Stories are the things that we tell ourselves and we tell others to help make sense of our lives. But unfortunately, sometimes the stories that we are telling of our lives are wrong. And tragically, many are of the opinion that their circumstances are what have shaped their lives. What they have gone through is what has made them what they are. What they have experienced or suffered is why they are who they are at this particular moment. But the truth is, it's not our circumstances that define who we are, but it is our interpretation of those circumstances that have a way of shaping and affecting and influencing our lives. And so today, there are ways that we tell our story and we narrate what has happened to us. And it tends often to be shaped by how we perceived that moment, not exactly how that moment was. And so for a few moments today, I would like to help you I would like to help somebody who has a story that has gotten them stuck in their life and they're not going anywhere and they seem to be in this repetitious cycle. I want to help somebody get unstuck this morning. I want to help somebody move from where you are to a better place. I want to help somebody get a better grip on life this morning. And so for a few moments, I want to talk to you from this subject. This is my story, but I'm not sticking with it. I may not be able to change what has happened, but I can do something about what is happening right now. Amen. Some people are of the opinion that this is my story and I'm sticking with it. But this woman came to a place where she said, this is my story, but I am not sticking with it. This was who I was, but it's not who I am going to be. And somebody needs to take hold of that promise today and believe that God has something for you. 
I sense an opportunity of change in the atmosphere today. And I feel an urgency to try to help somebody in this building reach out one more time and believe God one more time and feel after Him and press through the crowd if need be or do whatever you've got to do to get where He is because when you get where He is, something powerful is going to happen in your life. Something transforming is going to take place in your life. Praise God. I I feel such a burden today to help somebody. Somebody that's willing to try one more time. Amen. And not just try, but going to find a way. Somebody said, I'm going to find a way. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord right now and praise Him. Oh, we love you today, God. We love you today. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to make a way. Amen. Her story is recorded in three of the Gospels. Matthew 9 has the most concise version. Matthew, remember, was the tax collector. And he was accustomed to consolidating things. And uh, so when you read Matthew's account, it's very limited. But when you come to Luke and Mark, there is added a greater depth of tenderness to her story. There are more details that are supplied. Though she is given no name, she is only known by her issue and her story. And what a miserable, heart-rending Story it had been for 12 long years. But the good news is that Jesus was coming. Praise God. Somebody praise Him with me right now. Amen, 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 amen. Jesus was going to help this woman to find a difference in her life. And it is amazing to me that though Nobody would call her by her name. Jesus would call her daughter. Amen. The only time in scripture that Jesus conveys that name on anybody. He said, daughter, your faith hath made you whole. He identified her as something more than what her peers had told her she was. He called her by a name that was better than her circumstances. He said, I'm going to tell you right now that I accept you. I embrace you. And I want to give you something to rejoice about today. I want to give you something to shout about this morning. Because I am willing to embrace you in all of your Issues. She had an issue. Now I'm going to use that word in a broader sense today if you'll give me the liberty. But issues, everybody say issues. Everybody has issues. Amen. Issues can be anything from questions and concerns to disputes or worries. Or they can go deeper and become problems and troubles and crisis in our life. And they have a way of defining us. 
There are so many different kinds of issues. And I don't have time to go into all of them, but there is an answer today for your issue in this service, whatever your issue is. If it's an issue with a person, if it's an issue with a problem, if it's an issue with something going on in your own life, or if it's an issue going on in somebody else's life, there is an answer in this place for your issue today. Somebody said amen to that. Now her issue was physical. And I don't want to be misunderstood today, but she was hemorrhaging. And that simply means that there was a constant loss going on in her life. That her issue was draining the very life out of her on a daily basis. She was for 12 long years suffering from this continual loss She was never gaining enough to sustain her life because there was so much more that was going out of her life. And so it is with issues in our lives that many times they cause hemorrhages, that more is going out of us than is coming in and we get weaker and we become more dependent on others and we need greater help. And for this woman, she was suffering in her life because it was a constant loss and there was frustration and suffering had framed her life and discouragement met her every morning as a reminder that you, you have an issue. You have an issue. Despair was more prevalent in her life than hope was. And am I speaking to somebody here today in this service, not in the physical sense, but in a moral sense or in a spiritual sense that hope is fleeing from you and joy is nowhere in your vocabulary and there is nothing to make you want to look up and think that a better day is coming. I have come to preach to you today that there is one among us in this service right now that if you could ever understand that he's here when she heard that he was there She came aware of his presence. Oh, hallelujah. You know, it's amazing pastoring as long as I have and seeing services after service. It's amazing. A crowd of people like this, the Spirit of God is here. The presence of the Lord is real. And yet there are some people that are still not cognizant of the fact that we're not the only ones in this place today. We're not the only ones occupying this building today. But when we started praising, when we started worshiping, the, the Lord of glory said, you know what? That's where I like to dwell. So I'm coming in today. The tragedy is many times we get trapped in what we can see right here. And we don't realize that there's more going on in this place than what we can see. 
And somebody's got to come to a realization and a recognition that the Lord is in this place. That God is here today. The one who heals. The one who delivers. The one who frees the captive. He is in this place today. Amen. She had suffered so many things. Her story. So many things she had suffered. And she had suffered them by so many hands. So many people had touched her life. And nothing had made her better. Nothing could improve her situation. She had spent all that she could spend. She had gone as far as she could go. And she was empty. Issues have an offspring called suffering that continually follow the lives of those who are hemorrhaging hope and hemorrhaging joy and hemorrhaging peace. Why? Because I have an issue and issues cause that loss in my life. Amen. When you have an issue, whether it's with a brother or a sister, That issue is always going to drain you. It's always going to take something from you. It's always going to steal something out of your life. That's why it's so dangerous to come and go from the house of the Lord and be at odds with somebody in the family of God and not reconcile that problem because all you're doing is making that gap farther and farther and wider and wider for your opportunity. You see, when the Lord comes into a house, it's a time for healing to take place, not just of my physical body, but of my mental and my emotional and my spiritual life, and God can take care of those feelings when I get in touch with Him so that when I look up, I don't see an enemy anymore. I see somebody that I love, somebody that's called a child of God, somebody that's blood-bought, somebody that's forgiven, just like I am forgiven. I'm going to meddle. I told you, you, you're going to hear a burdened pastor today. It's amazing how little things, factions and cliques can crop up in a congregation. And you say, oh no, we don't have that. Oh yeah, we do. Oh yeah. And why? Because birds of a feather flock together. We tend to be attracted to the people that think the way we do. And this is the problem with that. If we have an issue and that issue has affected our thinking, that there's no hope. We've done all we can do. I've gone as far as I can go. I've spent all the things I can spend. I don't have anything else to give. Then that thinking affects us in a way that will affect those people that we are drawn to. And so we tend to be drawn to people that sympathize with us. Oh, you were done wrong. You were that nobody should have said that about you. Nobody should have done that to you. Oh, I'm so, I'm so mad that they put that on Facebook about you. And the truth is some people are just idiots and you can't help idiots. And they get on Facebook all the time, but here's, 
what I got to say to a child of God. You have a place to bring those idiot things in your life and get them off your back and out of your mind and out of your spirit and let God heal that and bind you together so that you can look across the aisle and you can look across the church and love every face that you see because they are a child forgiven just like you. Brother Hughes, are we having trouble? Not that I know of. But I've learned a long time ago it's never as good as I think it is. But it's never as bad as I think it is either. Amen. I just know at about 5 o'clock yesterday morning, the Lord woke me up with the great heaviness in my spirit. And I was troubled and I got up and I started reading and meditating. God, what are you trying to say? What, what are you wanting to say? And God began to lead me down this path that we are traveling on today. It's a miserable life when you're struggling with an issue and you don't know how to resolve it. She had spent all, she was empty, nothing better. And here is the tragedy of issues. Listen to me right now. Here's the tragedy of issues. Issues have a tendency to make victims out of us. And if not a victim, then it victimizes us. And this is what I've learned about a victim mentality. When I am dealing with a victim mentality, when I'm dealing with somebody that feels like everybody's against them and everybody hates them and nobody wants them and you're dealing with that kind of thinking, when you have a victim mentality, you will always find somebody to blame for your problem. You will always find somebody to point a finger at and said, well, if it wasn't for that, I'd be out of this hole that I'm in right now. I'm telling you it's time to cast off a victim mentality. It's time to realize that there's a better way of thinking. There's a better way of approaching where you're going and what God has for you. And God will help you if you will throw off that victim mentality and quit looking at yourself in the way that you have looked at yourself. Amen. Her issues had so marked her life that it had isolated her. According to Jewish culture, a woman with an issue like hers was considered unclean. She was almost like a leper. If she touched anything, she made whatever she touched unclean. I have news for you. Jesus is not bothered by your uncleanness when you reach out to touch him. Don't ever let that kind of thinking stop you from reaching out to him because it doesn't matter how unclean you might be. It doesn't matter how dirty you might be. I'm just here to tell you this morning that when you start trying to reach out to him, he's going to let you touch him. He's going to let you feel him. He's going to let you know what you ought to be. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. There are issues in your life that if you don't get them right, they only grow worse. And here's the woman who had faced so many difficulties. Her story. Her story. Pitiful. Heartbreaking. Heartrending. An isolated woman. An outcast. Nobody wanted her. Nobody would love her. No man would want to have anything to do with her. And so here she is. Trying every remedy. Every doctor. Everything that was told her, making every effort to try to improve her story. But it only grew worse. It only got worse. It only went further down, down, down. That was her story. But when she heard of Jesus, what did she hear about him? What had she heard somebody else say about him? You know, you need to be careful what you say about the Lord. Because somebody listening to you may be on their last thread and they need a little hope. And they need you to do more than just criticize what's going on in the church and criticize what you don't like about this or that. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm meddling today. I, I know that. I've got my medal card out. I have, I've earned the right. I've got the stripes to do it today. Amen. Praise God. She heard. Somebody told her, Jesus, you, 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 you got, you've got to get to him. You, you've got to go to him. You, you've got to get where he is. Something good will happen if you'll get to where he is. Something's going to change in your life if you get to where he is. That's the kind of talk somebody must have told her because it stirred something in her that when she began to reflect on her story, I feel like this is what she said. That's my story, but I'm not sticking with it. I'm not going to be stuck with it either. I am not going to live the rest of my life when I have this kind of opportunity before me. I do not understand people when they have an opportunity to change and they have an opportunity to heal and when they have an opportunity to return and find something that will put rejoicing back in them. I do not understand people that can turn and walk out a door as if nothing had happened. Something needs to transpire in this place today that causes you to realize lives. I have hope. There's hope for my issue. There's hope for my problem. There's hope for my problem. There's hope for my problem. There's hope. There's hope. There's hope. And this woman, when she heard that, she did something that was unheard of. She had never seen anybody do it before. Nobody had ever done it before. She had not seen an example of it. You know, so much of our worship we've learned by example. But this woman had no teacher. She had nobody out in front of her saying, okay, this is how you do it. The only thing she knew was 
I have an issue. I have a story. And I'm tired of my story. I want to change the chapter. I want to write it again. Amen. And something inside of her said, If I can but touch the hem of his clothing or his garment. I don't have time to stop here, but some people, some scholars believe that it was reference to the prayer shawl that they wore, men wore around their neck. The prayer shawl was symbolic of the commandments and the promises of God. And when she reached out to touch that, that's what she touched was that that mantle that was around his neck that represented all of the promises and all of the assurances of God. When she reached out, I don't know whether she knew that. If she was a Jew, she had to know what that shawl represented. But when she reached out in her desperation, she was reaching out to touch whatever she could because she needed a change in her life and I, I, I'm telling you today that sometimes you have to be willing to take a risk to do something you've never done before you've got to do something that nobody else has ever done before you've got to be willing to step out of the crowd and push through the crowd and shove aside those that are not interested in your problem and those that don't care that you hurt and get your way to a helping place Oh, hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and praise Him. She said, she said, in the Greek it is progressive tense, which means that she said it and she kept saying it. If I can but touch Him. If I can but touch him, 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 if I can but touch him. him. You know, it's not what you say the first time that counts. It's what you keep on saying that can get you where you need to go. Some people, they just sit back there and say, oh, Jesus. But when you start saying Jesus, 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 if I can touch him, 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 I've got to touch him. I can't go back. I don't want the life I've been living anymore.
If I can touch him, if I can touch him, if I can touch him, if I can touch him. If I can touch him, 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 if I can touch him. Come on, church, help me right now. Come on, help me right now. Would you help us right now? Oh, lift up your voice to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 There's healing in this house today. There's healing in this house today. I said there's healing in this house today. There's help in this house today. Yes, there is. There's help in this house. If you just reach out to Him, if you just reach out to Him, reach out to Him. Yeah, reach out to Him. Reach out to Him. Come on. Don't just say it. Say it again and again and again and again. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Glory. Yes, 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 yes. 